You guys doing well? I'm excited. Hope you are. You know what I'm excited about? Is that God is so good, and we have no excuse not to have the fire of God in our lives. No, no, I, like, that's, I'm not just saying that. Because this morning, I was in my office, 8.15 this morning, whining to Jesus. <laughs> Didn't sleep last night. I've had this sickness. It was like pulling teeth to get our kids to church this morning because Donna's on worship. We had to get here early. Judas screamed all the way here. And I was lying on my couch because Jesus said, go turn on a song that just, you know, there's keys we need to learn. How to get yourself out of your funk. You know what I mean? There is. There's keys you should know by now. If you've been saved for too long enough, figure them out. So I went and turned this awesome song called Give Me Jesus by Stephanie Frizzle and um, I think Jeremy Riddle are singing it. And I put it on there, lied down, and I told God that I wasn't feeling good. And then he said something. He reminded me. He says, isn't it awesome? That that doesn't actually affect me. He says, no, he said that. He said, doesn't it awesome that your circumstances right now aren't going to dictate what I do this morning? And he just said, start declaring over yourself the fire of God. The fire of God. And if those who are around here this morning, they know what happened. We've had fire all morning. We've had the fire of God in the prayer room because we chose and it's your choice to choose every day to rise up. Come on. That's right. We might move in some of that. These guys are making fun of me. Because somehow, sometimes when God moves, he does things that make us do things that doesn't feel comfortable. And for some reason, that's when he shows up. I think it's because he wants us out of the way. And so no one here has an excuse. If you're sitting there going, I'm tired, I'm worn out. If you're watching it on, on live, which we have live, welcome you guys. If you chose to stay home this morning just because you didn't feel like driving, get over here. No, seriously. Come on, there's something about making a choice and not getting stuck in, in, our, in, our, in our, what we feel is our reality. That's not the reality. God's reality is that he is ready to go. It's interesting, uh, during worship, Donna grabbed it. I, I felt it too. There, there's people in here that just need hope. But they... But, I felt like God said, remind them about a key. Because you don't wait for the speaker to get up here. Don't wait for the man or woman to come and do something. Worship's the key. If you actually look into a lot of amazing ministries, I won't name names, most miracles, most breakthrough all happen during worship. And I was reminded of a story that I heard about Graham Cook. So Graham Cook, years ago, this is meant quite a few years ago. He's in Mexico ministry. They're off doing all this ministry, 15, 16-hour days. So he gets to his hotel room. I'm going to say it real fast. He gets up to his hotel room the first night, and he walks in. He's exhausted, and he goes to lie down, and, and he sees three demons walk into the room. As clear as he sees you and me. He's, right? Guess what he says? Because he's, because he's learned what I was talking about. He learned what to do in situations. He said, I'm too tired. I'm going to bed. Went to sleep. That's it. Woke up in the morning, did another day. Gets back to his hotel room, same thing happens. I'm going to say it real fast. Third day, same thing happens. Now, the fourth day, he's so tired. He talks about he was so exhausted. He's been pouring out. People are getting saved, healed, delivered. It's been amazing. And then he starts walking up to his hotel room, and he just said, God, 
What's with these guys keep showing up? And you know what's cool? I love, you know what I love about Jesus? Is he answered. He said, hey, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Not because, God, I think the Father loved what he was doing because he's like, I'm not worried about them. And he says, yeah, I actually am allowing them for a reason. So when you get to the room, we'll do something. So he gets to their hotel room. He sits down and the Lord says, oh, right now plead the blood of Jesus on the ceiling, floor, walls, windows, and doors. So Graham does it. And, he, and right when he did, he goes, oh, no. He goes, I just realized something. They can't get out now. He says, he goes, exactly, I'm about to teach you something. We got to get this. He says, now go grab. This is back when they had tapes. He put his tape of worship on. He put it, he pushed play. He said, you have to understand, this is, you have to understand, I'm not sharing just some guy that's like, oh, I think I see something. Grant Cook was seeing the real realm, right? This is real. This isn't some analogy. The spirit realm was real. You have to get this. But, and he got to sit there, and he watched these guys in torment, torment from the worship music. And he laughed. He said he hadn't laughed so hard he wasn't tired. He was laughing, chuckling, pour out. And he said it was so funny because all of a sudden the TV goes, click, it's done. I mean, the TV, the, the, the tape it goes, click. A lot of you guys, don't even, some people here don't even know what tapes are. I still remember a bit. Um, and uh, so he goes, oh, can I turn it over? And Lewis says, no, no, that's enough. I think you learned what you learned. He le- and he always said, let the door open, let them out. You guys, that's what worship does. I'm kind of feeding. Am I feeding back here? Is it something to do with this? Dean's going to work on it. Dean's amazing. Look at this. Thank you, Dean. I'm going to be quite quiet for a second. Testing, testing, testing. There we go. Sorry. I must be too loud. We're going to get me? There we go. Oh, come on, Violetta. You're awesome. But we have to realize what worship does. Because you know what was so cool? After he got to laugh and laugh about what was going on, he just got to hang out the rest of the night with the Father. And as he got to talk to him, but, but we have to realize, I felt like that during worship, there's people in this room have to realize when you're in worship, don't allow the, the devil to tell you what's up. You tell the devil what's up. No, seriously. Hey, uh, can I, be, I love being vulnerable because I love telling the truth, just, just being out there. About 10 minutes before I get up here, I joke, I was telling Doreen, I, like, I feel like I'm like Jesus in the garden and the hordes of hell are trying to convince me it's not gonna, nothing's going to happen. But I laugh at it. I've learned. It actually gets me excited. Because the power of God is here today. It is here for now. We don't have to wait. Oh, man. We... Can we just honor Jesus for a second? Give me Jesus. I'm not going to sing because you guys will leave the room. But give me Jesus. No, for real. When I was preparing this message... And the last couple of messages, all the Lord just keeps on telling me, he's like, speak about me. Talk about G- me as Jesus, the person of Jesus. And I'm like, Lord, it's what everyone always knows about Jesus. Don't they already know? He's like, no, they don't. I want to have a visit. I want the person of Jesus wants to enter the church. No, no. Like, and he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I know Jesus. I've been saved 25 years. But what if today Jesus comes looking different? What if he's coming looking different? And we can, we can start here, jump to, uh, oh man, if I have notes, Luke 24, 13. I did jump on this at the end of that day. There was a powerful meeting when I was going to preach, and then God just took over, and, and then Brent was preaching too. I didn't mention it, but I want to go over this because I want to get this. 
job. I don't think somebody, let's just see something for a second. I, I just, you just know, because like, what if Jesus just wants to encounter somebody today right in this room? Guess what he does? So it's just, Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you care about people in here more than they could even imagine. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you actually did all that you did for each one in this room. You know what's so cool? I'm going to jump here for a second. Jump to, uh, sorry, go to, I'm not sorry, Revelation 13.8. This is cool. Who's got problems? Let's just be honest. Anyone got problems in this place? Yeah. Guess what? God's got an answer for every problem. How do I know that? Revelations 13.8. Read this thing. But now um, all who dwell on the earth will worship whose names have not been written in the book of life. And the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. It's interesting. I've read that over so many times. Never understood it. I'm like, I think I understand it. I kind of get a grasp. But the last part is very important. The lamb was slain. Can you go to the New King James Version? It's the same thing, though. The world, the book of life, the lamb was slain. So you ever wonder that question? How do you mean the lamb was slain? No, they could throw it up there. I, have, I just read it. Um, have you ever wondered about that verse? I love it. Bill Johnson spoke to, him, uh, to, the Lord, uh, to the Lord spoke to Bill Johnson one day. And he says, before the foundations were laid, before the foundations were laid, before you were made, before Adam and Eve were made, guess what? There was talk. It says in the beginning of John verse, uh, chapter 1, that the Father and the Son, they look at each other. They were before. The eternities of eternities. Whatever you want to talk about it. They discussed something. They discussed making people in their own image with their free will to choose them. But because that God knew that he had to put the tree of life, the tree of knowledge into the garden, which allowed you to free will because he wants and made us so that we can choose to love him. He breaks when somebody doesn't. God doesn't send anyone to hell. He gave everyone an option. But he had to make an option or else it wasn't real. Like when people say that, if you actually get frustrated and say, well, God sent hell. No, he did not even make hell for man. He desired all shall be saved. But you know what they were doing? What this verse says is that they were talking and said, hey, the reality is we know what's about to happen. We know what happened. They're going to fall. Because they have free will. And guess what Jesus did? I can just picture him. He goes, whoa, I got an idea. I'll do it. I'll do it. I know it's not fun, but I'm going to do it because I love my people. He said, guess what, Father? I got a plan. You know what? If I go down there as a baby, humble myself, give up the greatest thing in heaven, and sacrifice myself as the ultimate sacrifice, that I can make a way for them to be able to return to me again. But he chose before he even made man. Before the, before the foundations of the world. Did you know that? That means that he already has a solution to every problem before it happens. Because that was the first problem. He wasn't wandering around going, oh God, oh Jesus, come here. Um, Adam and Eve just ate the apple. Um, shoot! Let's make a plan. Let's make a plan. Well, we'll try this. No, he already knew. He already knew. You know how much confidence that should give you? You didn't even, and that, the coolest part is you didn't even have to be like in love with him before he decided he would do it. 
He did it. He actually said, I'm going to do that because I am worth, it's worth the price. That's how valuable you are. Oh, my goodness. That'll preach. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. So let's jump. Oh, okay. I know where I want to go. Just don't know how to get there. Oh, oh come on. Okay, that's right. Where is that guy? Dude, that guy right there. Yep, you're awesome. You want to stand up? Dude, the fire God's about to hit you. Dude, you know why? Because you're called to be an evangelist. Dude, you have an evangelistic call in your life. You're going to see many saved. Dude, there's, the, there's your choices, but you have choices for crusades. You're going to see signs and wonders because you have a spirit of radicalness that is devoted to Jesus. And you know what? There's nothing in the past that's going to hold back, but actually the Lord's going to use your past to break walls for others. So you're going to make a bridge so others can cross over. And you're a sign. You're a sign. So Lord, reach your hands to him right now. I just feel like there's going to be just a fire of God. Lord, I pray fire, Jesus. Fire. Fire, fire upon him right now, God. The grace of God to move in signs and wonders, Lord God. Lord, there's a message upon your lips, and that's the message of truth, and it's the gospel. And when you share, you're going to see things that where you felt like you've hit hard ground before. It's just going to break open. The breaker anointing is coming over your life right now, and you're going to see, and there's just an acceleration over you. What would take time before is going to be quickened right now, right now. He's answering right now because you have chosen, young man. You have chosen the fire of God. I feel like there's a visitation. It's just entering into your life of just the kingdom of heaven invading you. Come on. And then beside you, there's a whole, prof- yeah, this girl beside you, I don't know if you guys are together or not, but there's this whole prophetic thing going on you. And you, and, and you know it, but you just have to really believe it and don't hold back. Come on. Yeah, the fire of God. says, keep it coming. You just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Because the power of God, people like him is why the power of God's coming back to the church. The power of God, because he's going to step out. But he's going to step out, and it's the tangible presence we need. The tangible presence. Lord, just keep your hands up. I just feel more. Lord, because you're hungry. You're hungry. There's something when you said that, when you acknowledge. We need to acknowledge when God's doing something. We, Lord Jesus, are you guys together or not together? Are married? Okay, then you stand up. Okay, stand up too, man. Together. Because there's, a, there's a, during worship, I saw the fiery swirls around. Have I ever met you guys before? I have no idea. I don't think so. Have I? Oh, come on. No way. This is sweet. So, Lord, let it come. Because you, you're going to walk in stuff like him. But you're going to stay faithful. You're going to stay faithful and true right now. Because you've been tested and you've been tried. And God has made, said you stand faithful before him. Uh, and you, that prophetic anointing, I just command, I just speak to it and say alive, 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 alive. Let your voice come. I just see stuff coming out of your voice. Lord, the kingdom come. Your will be done. Come on. Come on, you're not just on the sidelines. It's get in the game, get in the game, get in the game. And you guys are radicals. You're going to touch those that just are radical, and you're not scared to tread where other people will be like, ah, they're a little too radical. No, you, get it, you can go in there. I'm not sure why, but I see that you have a key for that. Come on. Does that make sense? Come on. Bam! Jesus. Come on. Woo-hoo! I love this stuff. Anyway, oh, Jesus, I just, the fire. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, Lisa, I just, you caught me there. Stand up too. Come on, come on. There's, there's a, there is a, there's a, I just feel like, just to tell you, it's almost like the switch is just being turned on right now. There's a whole, there, there's things, and it's like a new day, and I just feel like the slate's clean, and it's like you're about to fly. 
You're about to fly. You're about to fly. And I want to, I just break, this is, we only encourage. So Lord, I just thank you that we break up any lying spirit off you right now. Lying spirit that says you're not good enough or not holy enough or not this enough enough. You know what? God looks at you and sees you as a precious diamond, a precious diamond. And you know what he does? He doesn't just, just go, oh, there's a diamond. Put he looks and he wants to show you off because you've got gifts. You've got a spirit of just a motherhood and love. You love and you love fully. And God wants to say he wants to redeem that. He's going to redeem where the enemies try to steal that from you. You're a lover, and you're a lover of his people, and you're a lover of those who are hurting. And you know what? You have, yeah, you have like that whole um, um, Joshua and Caleb, i just hearing that. It's like you have that spirit to say, no, no, no. No, 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 that promised land's ours. That promised land's ours. And you're about to walk in your promised land. Come on. Come on, Jesus. And Lord, let the fire come. I just feel the fire. The fire, Lord, the fire that transforms, that rewires, Lord God, that transforms lives, Lord God. From the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, Lord God. Let your anointing just rush over her. Lord, like, like Saul, when the anointing hit him, he turned into a new man. Let Lisa turn into a new woman today. As she leaves today, let her realize that the heaven is behind her, surrounds her. It's like right now I say, I feel the Lord says, hey, look around. There's more for you than against you. There's more for you against you. The enemy has tried to, to lie. He's tried to take you out and he has no power he has no power in jesus name come on come on guys Woo! oh man jesus he loves people he does he loves people and he loves to let people know you know oh, i'm just gonna jump around here because um let's jump to uh you guys you must there we go we're gonna switch notes because I don't know where they went. Um, let's look up Luke 19, 1 to 10. I love this. It's about Zacchaeus. But I feel like what was just even declared over Lisa, it's declared over, God loves to declare over people. I'm not calling you Zacchaeus, though. Don't worry about that. Um, but I love this. In this, this is the Passion Translation, 19, 1 to 10. In the city of Jericho, there was a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus who was a supervisor for, over all the tax collectors. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed. I love what somebody said the other day. It really didn't matter as much that Zacchaeus was short. It was the fact that he was hated. We, this is something, you guys, this is, if you just want to get encouraged in life right now, just, just start reading the Gospels over and over and over again. And you know what? It's, it's interesting, our journeys. I just love sharing an experience. My wife knows it. So a few months ago, I'm like, just felt this thing the Lord was saying, come and get to know Jesus. Me is Jesus the person. Because I'm a Holy Ghost guy. I, to, I get the Holy Ghost. I, I, I love lots to learn, but I love hanging out with the Holy Ghost. My life changed from a radical encounter. And the Holy Ghost. I, I understand the Father. People get around me. I love, man, the Father's love is amazing. There's nothing that you can screw up enough. Nothing that you can screw up enough that he still doesn't love you. Like, seriously. I like what uh, somebody spoke to, I listened to something, and they said, yes, we know the Holy Spirit says he can be grieved, but he actually spoke, he was at a conference, says, I don't think anyone in this room is that good enough in this room to actually do it. You'd have to be that bad. Like, you, like there's that much grace. 
He's, do you get what I'm saying? If there's somebody in this room that thinks that they might have screwed up and they did the unpardonable sin, you wouldn't be here. No, no, you wouldn't be here. If, that, if you go that direction, from my understanding is, you wouldn't be here. You'd be so far messed up because he, that, that's pretty much just you have fully chosen to reject Jesus. That's the gist of it. And you know what? You're not there because you're here. Oh, so what I'm saying is, so all of a sudden, I've been studying, and then all of a sudden, I was like, we were, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the living room, and I was just reading the Word, and I was just hanging out with Jesus, and all of a sudden, I got, I just started laughing, because I was like, you, don't you get it? I showed up, because I've been asking, I'm like, Jesus, when are you going to show up as the person of Jesus? And he's like, you're doing it. And you know what the trigger to me? It's like, I love the Passion Translation, because I've read the, I love the Word, but it's just like another translation to read in another way. And it gets you excited. So I just want to throw that key out there. If you need to, go grab another translation just so that when you're reading, you don't just skim through. Because I've been reading this and Zachariah is a different story to me now. Because now you got Zachariah, Zach, Zacchaeus, that he's, he's, he's the guy that everyone doesn't like. He's the tax collector. And he's been stealing more. And get this. And when Jesus got to that place, he looked up at the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. I've appointed a day to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. He met Jesus. Lord, let us, oh, I want face to face encounters with you, Jesus. Because you know that in the, the new covenant, we're allowed to look in his face now. Isn't that awesome? You know what says we can boldly come to the throne? Something that's just been wrecking me lately, Lord's been reminding me, uh, probably because I've been studying some of the teaching. And I hope I don't step on anyone's toes here. But often how I was raised, this is my theology right now, so, so that I was raised is that Jesus had to stand in front of me so the fa- I can go to the Father. That's how I was raised. It's like if the Father looks at Kevin, he has to, I got to put Jesus right in front of me and so that, that he sees me through Jesus. The Bible doesn't say that. It, if you read it, it doesn't say that. I, but I was raised that way. Because it changes the mindset. Because it actually says you boldly can go before the throne. I was telling them this morning, I, I pictured, I was, was it, Jer- whatever, it, it doesn't matter who, but it's literally you are so welcome at the throne of Jesus, of the Father, that you can jump on his lap. I do it all the time. Some of you guys got to feel and see a Father like that. And see a Jesus that sits there excited. Yes, you get to know him too. You know, he's your big brother that is, wants you to know. Like, he, he says it in Scripture. He prays it to his disciples. Let, them, let him know you, Father, as I know you. He's crying out for that. Because when you get to know the Father, everything changes. When you get to know Jesus, everything changes. Because I'll, I'll prove it right here. Because Zacchaeus is not living a good life. And now he goes, and as Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained. Look at this. Of all the people that have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Come on, that's his reputation. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over the gracious visit to his home. But Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own will give, I will give to the poor. And the Lord, I have, and Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. You know what's cool? What it doesn't say there? It doesn't say, Jesus didn't go to Zacchaeus and say, Hey, you're a sinner. You suck. You've been stealing money. Give it back. That's not, you guys, the Bible was given to us for a reason. It's inspired word of God. It was, I believe, very firmly planted and decided by what the Father wanted us to have. 
And it's interesting that he, makes, he never says anything like that. Instead, he says he had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, and his life changed. That's all it was. He hung out with Jesus, and he, the demons had to flee. Let's put it that way. The old man had to run for its life. When you meet with Jesus, things have to change. If you want to change and you're struggling, go find Jesus. And say, I want all of you. I want a face-to-face encounter. I did, that blows me away. I never saw it like that. Literally, he like gives back everything. Imagine, let's see. So Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you in your household, that you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and give life to those who are lost. Man, he just came to the family because he got changed. Imagine being the guys in town, because they're not, they're not hanging out, because remember, they're like, oh, that's a crook. So he probably had a lot of other guys around him, too. And I don't think the, the, the big shots came in, did they? It doesn't say that. Maybe they did, but maybe they're all hanging out going, when's, when's something bad going to happen inside that house? But instead, Zacchaeus comes out. Just imagine this. Okay, you guys, I got some business to do. Can you guys all help me get the scribes out here, get all these guys? I got a lot of money to give away. Man! That's revival. No, think about it. Imagine some of these groups. Got, imagine, let's just imagine. I, I'm careful what I say we're live, but imagine one of these organized crime groups or whatever. I don't know. Calls, gets saved, and all of a sudden it's like in the newspaper. Anyone that's been stolen from has a police report in the last five years, I'd like to give you guys all $10,000. Like, that's the kind, you have to understand that's kind of what was going on. Isn't that cool? Seeing Jesus differently. Oh, man. And Jesus is looking for people. I love this. These verses are just some of my favorite verses. Second uh, Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And this you have done foolishly. Therefore, now, from now on you shall have, have wars. But the first part's the best part. Don't worry about that. But the eyes of the Lord run to and fro looking for those. Looking. Who's one? I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those. I know at the beginning I talked about bringing up, I'm trying to watch time, I know where I want to get to, but on the road to Emmaus, I do want to bring it up because I just remind the Lord said, bring it up again, when this week, and I said, well, I already said it, but I like what Brent says, repetition. You guys, Brent's heading off to like Russia, he's off in Mexico right now, be praying for them, just to say, like if you guys are watching, be blessed in Mexico, they're with it 30 years, you guys. Well, 30 years. Like, oh, I love that because we are living, he's living a testimony of the goodness of God right there. And there's others in our church that were, have been married longer, and, and we, we believe that here, right? Because when you hang out with Jesus, marriage works. If your marriage isn't working really well, that's the solution too, get Jesus. It's seriously. So, do you guys know the story of the road to Emmaus, or what the Jesus walks to Emmaus? You got these disciples. I'm going to paraphrase it because we have so much to do. They're walking with Jesus. Jesus is past. He's, he's dead. They put him on the cross. Even that, oh, man, we could stay there for a while. We read those verses so fast. Jesus was on the cross. He died. Yeah, boom. Let's get past it. The Lord the other day told me, read it slow. Let it sink in. Think about what he did. 
They whipped them apart where people couldn't even recognize them. Literally, they, they beat them. They slapped them. This is the king of glory. It's like all heavy in here. But you know what? Sometimes we need to be heavy because this is reality. This is why we're here. But we need to realize that Jesus did something so crazy. Man, who here, we're North Americans. If somebody like insults us or bumps us in the grocery store, we're upset. This is the, we have to realize, like that's the key, Lord, because I'm saying read and slow down and get context. Because it's amazing how little they're actually, like there's such a fast verses about his death. But if you don't, that's, that's why the, like the Passion movie is such a worthwhile movie. And, it, and like they said, it was worse than that. It's like we have to read in context and realize really what he did. Like I said, I get bumped. I'm not very happy. Dude, this is, this is like the king. This is the man. This is like, this is the guy that can literally go like this. Boop, you're done. And actually, if you pretty much, if you, from if you read scripture, he thinks about us all the time, which means we're alive because he thinks about us. He could be like, mm, John Despair. It's God. That's God. You guys, like, sometimes we don't realize God is so big. And guess what? He, he's up there. People are beating him. And it says he went with joy. Do you think he liked it? No, because we know in the garden. He says, please take this away. This sucks. I'm about to actually feel this. We have to realize he actually felt the pain. He was humiliated. Like history. He wasn't just up there. He was up there naked, hanging out. And this is the guy that's supposed is like the all-powerful God. And they're mocking that very thing. Man, I wouldn't do it. I'll be honest, I couldn't do it. My personality would be like, I scorch all of you guys. No, I'm serious. Think about it. I don't know who here could. Because if you know you don't have to go through that, there's one thing, you see, you can, yes, we take persecution, but if like, man, I, I'm one of those guys that watches when you watch the persecution out there in these other countries, which you really see, like they're cutting. I'm like, oh, why are you not smoking these guys? Like, where are you? Like, and he's like, because they're, they're operating like me. Do you know these people we hear? You see story after story. They are excited to die for Jesus. Like these other countries come back. Their missionaries stop praying. The persecution stops. It's driving us. Like it's driving us. Oh, man. We've got to remember that. So these guys are walking together. And Jesus shows up. But this is crazy. Because if you study the context... These guys, these two guys, were part of the 120, they figure. They knew Jesus. They knew they knew Jesus. But they didn't recognize him. And they're walking. And it says, and I can break it all down, but it says that Jesus started unfolding the scriptures to them. Because that's the cool thing of Jesus. He wasn't going, these guys suck. They don't know who I am. I just spent three years with them, and they still don't know who I am. He, man... I this, my relationship with Jesus, sometimes I think he's a little sneaky. He's like, <laughs> these guys are about to wish they realized this a little sooner because I'm going to write about them for history. <laughs> no, isn't that funny? Because he would have known that was going to be in Scripture. That's the funny part. And he's going, he's unpacking, and he's like, and you have to remember everything in Scripture, like Jesus' life, it was planned because he only did what the Father told him to do. So he actually was processing. These aren't just, oh, this is what happened. This is what he wanted to happen. So he's talking to these guys, and all of a sudden, it comes to the point where he breaks bread, which is the, the, the Lord's Supper, and all of a sudden, their eyes are open. But then he goes, and he disappears. But the, like, the thing is, the Lord wanted me to point out was how often we miss him. 
Because we think of him the way we used to think of him or we experienced him. See, something that we have to catch is that we create theology around our experiences. All the time. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, my finance, I'm just making this up, but finances aren't doing well this time, right now. Oh, so God just might be, I think, because I'm loving Jesus right now, I think that uh, God teaches people about finances by taking it away just to show them lack so they need me. That's not in Scripture, but I've heard that teaching. Hey, how about you just take that cancer? I'm not going to point at anybody. Demon, you take it. Um, you take the cancer. Oh, you go through that, and, and then, but that's from me. But I'm just going to teach you because it's, it's the way it is. No! He doesn't do that. He's not going to teach it because his theology is not in there. I like it. Uh, I was just, something the other day was some teaching, actually some Bethel teaching. They were talking about we camp around theologies. But like They make this, this point. We like to fight over, well, well, what about Job and what about Paul's sword in the flesh? And I'm not going to get into both of those. But the thing is, why are we camping around those? Jesus never talked about them. He knew what he was going to write in this Bible. He knew with the keys. If he was wanting you to live like Job or wanting to live like Paul in that sense, he would have made sure you knew about it. He didn't give us a right for that. He didn't give us. He never made our theologies in Jesus. He was living true kingdom theology. And the craziest thing is, he was living it before he even passed away and rose again. He was in the old covenant living it. So often we take old covenant and we throw it on top of new covenant. We do it all the time without even realizing it. That's a good thing because now we know. No, I, see, I'm, I love learning. I love it when, he just, when we see something and I'm like, whoa, Jesus, you didn't call out. I, I just, the soul Zacchaeus thing all week has been hitting me. He didn't call it the sin. He didn't need to call it the sin. That's why the New Testament prophetic is words of encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. I literally have asked the Lord to shut it off. I don't want to see people sin. It's a gift so people can go there, but why bother? That's my theology. If he wants to see it, he'll make it really clear, but he bet he'll have an answer. Let's talk. That's, it's, I, oh, I love Graham Cook. Lately, I've been just listening to some of his stuff. He shares a testimony. I just feel that explains something. So you got Graham Cook. He's in a meeting. This guy's a true prophet of the Lord. When I say that, I mean like he's in the office. of like he get, He's accurate, okay? He's proven and proven and proven. So he sees the associate pastor in this church. And he sees him in the spirit realm, and he sees him with this huge dagger. And then he sees him dagging, like totally getting his sen- the, the pastor, the senior leader with it. Well, what would most of us do? Call him out and rebuke him, man. Take him aside. Get, hey, hey, senior leader, come here. This guy is trouble. Like, remove him. But Graham says he's learned something over the years. That's, if you show me that private information, what else do you want to show me? Because I know your heart. So we have to have core values to know how God thinks. So says, you show me that, but that doesn't really give him any hope. And I said, ah, I like that. He said, I'll show you what their destiny is. I said, that young guy and that leader, they're called to be apostolic leaders over the whole region. They're called to destiny. All the devil's trying to confuse that young guy and try to convince him to come against this other guy. 
So you know what Graham Cook did? And there was more to it, but Graham Cook said, told the young guy to stand up, and he prophesied life over him. Guess what happened? Power of God, crying, amazing, all this thing happened. Next day, they're in the green room. The young guy comes up to Graham Cook, and he says, I have to tell you something. I just have to tell you something. He says, Graham says, stop. It was a private meeting, and he said, this, this, and this, you were doing this and this. He goes, oh. he says, boy, how do you knew that, and you didn't destroy me? And he says, but, yeah. But has it, and he goes, has it not been dealt with? He's like, yeah, because all the stuff is broken. Isn't that cool? That's how God speaks. I got so, I, that stuff excites me so much when I hear stories, because that's God's heart. He's not here to put you up in front of people and mock you. He did that for us. He got mocked so we didn't have to be mocked. And he's always got a solution. Always got a solution. Okay, we're going to just jump right here. I love this story. This scripture. Luke 7, 36. 7.36. Afterward, a Jewish leader named Simon asked Jesus to come to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation when he went to Simon's house. He took his place at the table. I better answer that. It might be the Lord. Ah, come on. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all as a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster. Filled it with the most expensive perfume, and went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of the guests. This is a prostitute. Jesus hanging out, eating, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with the costly perfume as an act of worship. Now, I don't know if you guys know what an alabaster jar is. It is a one-piece thing. Once it is filled, and it doesn't get closed again. The alabaster jar at the time was worth about a year's wages, and it was the one of the only things the women were actually allowed to wear on the Sabbath because it was that precious. They were okay with it. But we, we, we missed something here. She breaks it open. You actually have to break it open. But she didn't just go halfway. She went to Jesus and she broke it all open. There was no putting it back in. If you study, it's the coolest thing because it means so much more when you realize that. She didn't just go, okay. She broke it and it was never going to be returned. The whole room would have smelt. Everybody in that room would have been touched by her, her generous gift. Everybody. And I love what Jesus does here. When Simon saw this happen, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. And once again, Jesus does not look at people the way we do. He didn't see her. He saw her as, his, as a future bride. Wow. Not just a daughter. I was going to say daughter, but a future bride. She's part of the bride of Christ. And he wasn't ashamed of her. And then he started reading, and he said, this can't be a true prophet. Uh, he wouldn't know what sinful woman is touching him. He just said, Simon, I have a word for you. I love this. Go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it. Because he's like, man, I'm about to get the powerful prophetic word. I have it in my house, Jesus, and I'm about to be changed. <laughs> 
It's a story about two men who are deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other one owed $10,000. When it was obvious that either one of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind of banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they were owed. Tell me, Simon, which of these two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would you love the banker most? Simon said, I suppose it would be the one the greatest debt forgiven. You're right, Jesus said, agreed. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. I love this. Don't you see the woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. Now, this is the fun part when you go break down context. Simon was a leader, and he would have had a bunch of other leaders around him. They say, this, they, they, they feel from scholars, feel that what happened was that during the day, because Jesus is talking about amazing things, forgiving people, healing people, and it's caused trouble. They like him, but he came in, and what he's saying here, he says, don't you see this woman here? She's doing what, for me, you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as a guest, you didn't think about water, offering me water to wash your dust off my feet. That was normal. I always thought that was because, like, that was for the special person. They just didn't do it. because No, no, no. Everybody got it washed. But he would have, scholars say he walked in that room and had to choose to go sit down. Probably was not brought nicely to anything. No proper recognition. Basically, they were trying to shame him. That's what scholars believe. They're in that call, the Jewish, they were trying to shame him, and he was sitting there. And you know what happens? I love the kingdom. That's why she came. Because the father's like, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So keep working here. Um, yet she came in your home and washed my feet with her many tears and dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even come welcoming me into your home with any customary kiss of greeting. See, that, that's what they're talking about. They, they didn't even greet him. You guys, that's normal. You have to understand the context. That was normal. If I would have showed up, like if you would have showed up, they would have done something for you. Customary. This is, they were dissing him. But from that moment, I came in and she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil. That was to deal with smells, if you do a whole study there. Like... But, but, but now the whole room smells good. But she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all her sins. This is why she has shown such extravagant love. But those who assume they have little to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, all your sins are forgiven. And all the guests among themselves, who is this one that can even forgive sins? And then, this, then Jesus said to this woman, your faith is in me, has given you life, not now you may leave and walk in your way of peace. What is she looking for? Peace. I love this. If you take the Matthew version, Matthew 26, if you jump to verse 12, 13, I just want to read this. Assuredly, I say to you, whenever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Dude, that's sick. He basically just said, that better be, that's going to be in the Bible. Because the Bible wasn't written there. He just said, guess what? I love so much what she says, I'm going to get Kevin to share it someday on October 21st of 2018. Dude, when you extravagantly go after Jesus and give your all, that's what he does for you. He loves to tell people of your goodness. Well, then you're going to lose your blessings. Forget that. If he does it, it's legal. When we do it, it doesn't work. No, seriously, how often does it work for you when you go around telling how good you are? People are like, okay. But when God does it, he exalts he always exalts. Oh, man. 
You want to bring up the band or keys or something? It's interesting how she was forgiven much. Have you ever met somebody that's been forgiven much? I know a couple guys, literally, that have lived a life and got radically saved. And you should see how they, you look in their eyes and you're like, I want to get saved again. Because it's so real. Because they know what they, they have, they, there's no reason they should be where they are. They know that their destiny should have been held, but they've been saved. And sometimes we forget that being in the church too long. We get complacent. Jesus went to that cross excited. You guys, Jesus would have hung on that cross even if the nails weren't there. Oh, that's good. Think of it. He would have. There was no stopping because it was talked about before the foundations of the world. He always knew where he was going. And he always was sitting there up there going, Willis, John, Tom, Olga, Becky, Gail, come on. Right? And he's like, I'm, thank you for the opportunity because I get to spend eternity with them. Eternity. I just feel today, I just feel, I just wanna, we're going to do some worship here. I just want to make an opportunity for those who want to, once again, say, I want to know Jesus in a new way. I want to have a face-to-face encounter. I want to, teach me, Lord, how to break the alabaster jar. That's what I'm like, but Lord, teach me how to break the alabaster jar. I want to break it. What, where in my life do I need to take something of value? Like, you know what I mean? You, have to, you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying go break your TV or something. No, no, no. It's a spiritual thing. But it's a, it's a choice to say, God, reveal yourself to me again. Reveal yourself to me. Because you know what happens? I love this. I'm just grab this here. face encounters you change but you know why you change because he speaks over you your destiny you know that song set a fire in me set a fire in me for the sake of the world I was singing that once and he goes he goes only my children that actually know my heart can sing that properly because some, if you don't have to understand his heart you go that's pretty arrogant Didn't Jesus is the answer? Yeah, Jesus is the answer that went into you. You're his ambassador. I said before, he gave you free will. It is your choice to allow the Lord to move through you. He made you the ambassador. He made you the voice to heaven. Do you realize as a believer you are so powerful? I'm not scared. I'll be honest. People know me. I am not scared of witches or warlocks. I've encountered them. I am more scared of a Christian that's that has unforgiveness in their heart. 
they can do more damage than any warlock because they carry heaven. Do you realize that? You have actually so much authority as a believer. You can command things that are not supposed to be happening. That's why sometimes you're like, I've been there. You make things happen. It's like, well, that was prophetic. God spoke it. It must be God. No, no, you spoke it into existence. And you called it God, and then it didn't end well. And you blamed God. No, you have to know who he is. Because he loves to see powerful people. You know what? It's so cool. If you haven't figured out in this place yet, we're an apostolic center. What does that mean? It means we gather around family. That's one of the best words to say. We don't gather around a man or a woman and say that we have to think everything like that person. We actually create people that are powerful. You know what makes you powerful? You can think. You can think. I'm not up here today trying to convince you of any of this about Jesus. I'm out here trying to make you think and say, I'm going to go home and meet with Jesus. That's my ultimate passion today is if you guys get hungry for Jesus and say, I want more fire. I want more of him. I want to be able to realize that I'm an overcomer. I want to realize that God has paid every price. And if I'm not walking in my fullness, then it's my fault. In a good way. That's not condemning. Because guess what? He's always saying, come up higher. Come up higher. I have put everything in you that you need. If you want something great to happen, it says he supplies all our needs according to his riches. Create a need. I have learned this. Create a need. Create, what do you say? Create a need. Don't just want to want. He says he supplies your needs. Oh, I want a bigger house. So start having life group in your house and become so big and revival starts that God has to give you a new house. No, think out of the box. You want more finances? Go help more people. It's easy. You create a need. Well, that's scary. Yeah, walking water's scary too. But guess what? When Peter fell, we get so bummed out of Peter. But guess who was staying there the whole time? Jesus. He never left Peter. He never left Peter. You guys, we have to see Jesus, how he's always waiting for us. In your darkest hour, in your greatest need, when you're frustrated, when you're lying on your couch, couch complaining that you have to minister in two hours and you feel sick. But he's standing there going, aren't you looking at me? And he never looks at you like this. I've never seen his finger. He always looks like this. Come, come, come. Come, walk with me. Walk with me. I'm going to open up the scriptures. I'll reveal yourself. Man, if I would have walked into two of my friends that didn't know who I was, I'd be like, see, I'll go find somebody that cares. No, he said, come, let me show you something. Oh, I want you to get it. You felt the burning in your heart because you went to hang out with me. I wonder if you put it in there just so that when we get that burning sensation, sometimes we get it. He goes, that's biblical. He's alive and active today. And I want to call people today. And I felt, I don't know why, we don't, it's not about coming to the front. I don't, if you do it at your seats, I'm just looking, I'm asking people, who's here that wants to say, I want to break the alabaster jar again? I want to break the alabaster jar. I want to welcome you to the front. I just feel like there's this stuff, an encounter, even right now. Just come on up as you speak. That's going to say, you know what? I want the alabaster jar. I want to. I want something new. 
Jesus showed me something real. I'm breaking it. The devil's not going to lie to me that I'm a sinner anymore. When you leave this place, you're going to know that you are completely and utterly loved by Jesus. Lord, you know our hearts cry. We want to see you face to face. We want to see you, Jesus. Lord, you are worth it. You are worth it all. Lord, I don't want to just live. I want to live victoriously in you. I want to see you moving in my life. Lord, I am jealous over you. I don't want to listen from a man or a woman talking about the relation about Jesus. I want to experience these one-on-one conversations. Because your word says you're not a respecter of persons. Hanging out with Jesus isn't just for prophets. It's not just for apostles. It's not for the people. It's for the body of Christ. It's for each one. Lord, we thank you. Lord, let it come. Let it come. And Lord, I just pray right now. I don't, I don't understand, but I feel like the, that he wanted to speak that today with a demonstration of power. And I feel like I, I just pray right now for the fire of God to come into this place right now. Fire come! Fire come! Lord, let it touch right now. Let the burning of the heart come. That Lord, like they were on the road of Damascus where they felt the burning in their hearts because they've been with Jesus. Right now, Lord, first love once again. Lord, first love, that lying spirit. You do not need to do a bunch of repenting right now. You just need to look at his face and accept what he's done. Whoa, Kevin, what do you mean? No, 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 look at him. You can't keep unforgiveness when you're looking at him. You can't stay in a life of sin when you're looking at him. When you really look at him, your life changes. Well, let that fire come. Your eyes are burning love. Your eyes are burning love. Well, that's the fire coming today, God.